0: Themselves, a family of two thousand souls. He glanced at his watch. He was already late for a meeting with his squad of agents at the San Antonio FBI office. But last night his flight had been unexpectedly delayed in D.C. by a security hitch. It was early morning before the plane landed in San Antonio. He'd had to drive down to Jacobsville, and he'd barely slept. He walked out onto the wide concrete front porch with its gray floor and white porch swing and white wicker furniture and cushions. Those were new. It was late February, and his housekeeper said they needed some place for his company to sit when it came. He told her he wasn't expecting to have any. She snorted and ordered the furniture anyway. She was an authority on everybody who lived around here. She'd probably become an authority on him in short time, but he'd told her graphically what would happen if she dared to pass on any personal gossip about his life. She just smiled. He hated that damn smile. If he could have gotten any other spinster lady with her cooking skills to work for him. He glanced at an old black car of unknown vintage, coughing smoke as it went slowly down the road. That would be the next-door neighbor, whose little green-trimmed, white-clabbered house was barely visible through the pecan and mesquite trees that separated his big property from her small one. Her name was Grace Carver, she took care of her elderly grandmother, who had a serious heart condition. The granddaughter wasn't much to look at. She wore her blonde hair and a long pigtail, and went around mostly in loose jeans and a sweatshirt. She was shy around Garin. In fact, she seemed to be afraid of him, which was curious. Maybe his reputation had gotten around. He'd met her when her old German shepherd dog trespassed into his yard. He'd escaped his fenced pen, and she came looking for him. "'apologizing profusely the whole time. "'She had green eyes, very pale, and an oval face. "'She was plain, except for her pretty mouth and exquisite complexion. "'She'd only stayed long enough to make her apologies and introduce herself. "'She hadn't come close enough to shake hands, "'and she'd left as soon as she could, "'almost dragging the delinquent dog behind her. "'She hadn't been back since. "'Miss Jane had mentioned a week or so later,' that the old dog had died. Old Mrs. Collier, Grace's grandmother, didn't like dogs anyway. Garin remarked that Miss Carver had been nervous around him. Miss Turner told him that Grace was peculiar about men. God knew what that meant. Miss Jane also said that Grace didn't get out much. She didn't elaborate. He didn't ask anything else about her. He wasn't interested. He liked an occasional night out with an attractive woman preferably a modern, educated one. Miss Carver was the sort of woman he'd never found interesting. He checked his watch, closed the front door, and climbed into his black Bucar for the drive to San Antonio. He was entitled to use a Bucar, the FBI's term for a bureau conveyance, even though a new black Jaguar sat in the garage next to his big Ford Expedition. He carried all his gear and accessories in the Bucar, so he drove it to work. It was going to be something of a commute, but no more than 20 minutes either way. Besides, he was tired of apartment living. Miss Turner was astringent, but she was a hell of a good cook, and she kept house without talking his ear off. He considered himself fortunate. He set off down the driveway, casting a curious glance after Grace's choking engine. He wondered if she knew that her car had a mechanical problem, and reasoned that she probably didn't. He glimpsed her from time to time, mulching and pruning her roses. She had several bushes of them. That was one thing they did have in common. He loved roses, and during his brief marriage, he'd grown several varieties. It was a hobby he enjoyed, and he had plenty of room to practice it again here at the ranch. Of course, it was February. Not many roses would bloom this time of year. The office was buzzing when he got there. A local homicide detective with San Antonio PD was waiting for him in his office. I haven't even had time to brief the SAC about the workshop yet, Garin muttered to the secretary he shared with another agent. What's he want? He added, nodding toward the tall, dark-headed man standing at the window with his hands in his pockets and his black hair in a long ponytail, even longer than the one Garin's brother Cash wore. It designated a renegade. Something about an abducted child case he's working on. I don't do missing person cases unless they end as homicides, he reminded her. She gave him a knowing look.